2: southern miss to the top you're tuned in to the eagle hour
3: hey welcome everybody to the friday edition of the eagle hour we're broadcasting live this afternoon from sully's restaurant in south hattiesburg bob kelly and luke here at sully's michael mergens back at the first bank studio In Hattiesburg, we're glad you're with us this afternoon. And, boy, we've got a special show today. Two former Super Bowl players on the show today, Bud Brown and uh, also Michael Boley. Looking forward to talking to both of those great Southern Miss players. And, guys, I think it could give us a real perspective of what it
1: would be like to... Beginning ready for the big game, Kelly Sanders. Oh, and Michael Bowley's had the best of both worlds, playing with the uh, New York Giants. Right, and also on the at the other end of the spectrum, he's played for the Cincinnati Bengals. Right, so. and
3: back when the Bengals won the Super. No, I'm oh, sorry,
1: I got, I got that. Man. Oh, kick a guy while he's down, man. Oh, man.
3: I want to thank uh, Sully's for having us down here today, and uh, we're going to have somebody from the restaurant on the show here a little later. But let's get let's get right to it today. Our first guest was a a, a star football player. For Southern Miss. I would say, Kelly Sander, he was when he was a member of the Nasty Bunch when it really was.
1: When all the, the letters in Nasty were capitalized. That's right? right.
3: Six-year Miami Dolphin. His first year in the National Football League. Plays in the Super Bowl against San Francisco from DeKalb, Mississippi. We welcome Bud Brown to the Eagle Hour. Bud, welcome back to the show. Thank you.
4: Glad to be back.
3: Well, we're glad to have you back and, uh, so many things to ask you about. Let me tell you the first thing. I, I was doing a little research today, Bud, and I, I'm sure you remember this. In your tenure at Southern Miss, listen to this, Kelly. The team was 32-9-1, and 4-0 against Mississippi State, 2-1 against Ole Miss, 1-1-1 and 1 against Alabama, a combined record against State, Ole Miss, and Alabama of 7-2-1 and 1, uh, in that three-year period. Bud, those were pretty good days for Southern Miss football, weren't they?
4: Yes, sir. They was they were great days. We had great players and great coaches. Uh, got some good breaks. Uh, but the best thing is, I live in mainly state, no Miss territory, and I don't have to listen to them much because I just bring up them records. <laughs> <laughs> well, I bet that's right. Listen, listen.
3: Is it is it fair to say that you played Southern Miss football when the nasty bunch was really the nasty bunch?
4: Oh yes, we uh, and we took pride in that. But uh, we, uh, we considered ourselves rejects because we wouldn't, you know, thought they thought we wouldn't good enough for the SEC. So it was kind of a challenge, and uh, we loved it when we played State, on Miss, in Alabama and Auburn. That uh, you know we, we could that we could compete with them.
3: Yes, yeah, seven-two and one uh, in those years against those three schools. I think that's Kelly. Hard for young fans to really comprehend now,
1: and and they w- won't even get a chance to match those numbers because those schools won't play. You know, state will every once in a while, but uh, but the other ones certainly won't. But I wanted to ask you, man, making a transition from a, a small town in Mississippi to a, a a bigger town, although still not very big in Hattiesburg, when you played, and then under the spotlight of what is the most powerful and profitable sports league in in the world, the National Football League, man, how do you? Culturally, handle the shock of going from small town USA all the way to the bright lights of the National Football League?
4: Well, I, my parents raised me where I stayed humble and, you know, you stayed humble and I was a Christian and, and trying not to let the, the world pull me too far apart. Uh, but, it, you know, Daddy said, you know, it's a 100 yard football field whether you're in Canada or you're in Hammersburg or you're in Miami, Florida. So, you try to concentrate on you know just doing the job and having fun and playing football. And really didn't, I really didn't know if it was ten in the stands or or a hundred thousand. So that kind of helped keep you level-headed, I guess.
1: Yeah, but it did become a business though when you get to that league. You've got agents, you've got press people, you've got you know media on a bigger scale. How did you handle all of that?
4: Uh, it, it it is. It uh you know, it kinda took some of the fun out of it. You know, it should be all about the game, but as you got farther it was a lot of guys it was you know, we'd kinda ride around. my daddy would fire me up and tear the doors out to get out and play and my southern coaches would do the same and Of course, shooter was pretty fiery, no doubt. But uh you know, it's kinda like you putting your suit on and going to the job and you know that took some of the what I call the, the glowing fun of the game away from it. But you know, you had to you know, you had to take care of your family as far as the money was concerned, which we didn't make much back then, but we didn't care. We was loving the game and, and playing so you try know, trying to make what you could but you to so just get out there and win and, you know, do what you was taught all the way through, high school and college and so
1: it's pretty hard, though. I would think you guys to to it, it, particularly in this day and time when everybody else is telling you how great you are. It's really hard to not believe your own press, you know. And and you just have to look on TV now, Bud. And I want to get your comment about this. You talk about this game being overdone every year. The media coverage is this—it's ridiculous. I mean, it's one game. What are your thoughts?
4: Well, I agree. It uh. You know, it's, it's the only thing, drawback, I say, in football is, you know, we don't get a chance to win four out of seven like the World Series or the NBA. It's one day. And you could be the best team, but you may not be the best on that day. So you better be ready. And we were we, not uh, We had a great year in 84. Uh, you know, we beat the brakes off folks coming and going. And Marino and them was running up and down the field, and the defense was great. It was still the killer bees. Uh, I was just a special team and a rookie, but then you kind of have a off day a little bit, and then Montana and the 49ers had a great day, and they beat the brakes off of us. So my memory of the Super Bowl is great in one way, but it's terrible in another. <laughs>
0: Bud, Luke Johnson here. Thanks for, uh, for coming on today, man. Talk about that 85 team and uh, especially Super Bowl uh, 19. Uh, we, we talked to uh, some, some people earlier in the week about <clears throat> what it's like to, to be a part of that, and we talked to other guys. What was it? What Was it everything that uh, you thought it would be running out onto a Super Bowl field?
4: It was, it was awesome feeling. You've been watching ever since I was knee high, watching Super Bowls and watching NFL on TV. Um, but you kind of had to pinch yourself when you're running out of course like I said I was special team but you know you're in the game as much as the starter uh, but you still had to when you first ran out you had to say you know is this really happening am I a rookie and and am I in the NFL and most of all am I at the Super Bowl so you know it was it was, you know, it sound like a dream, but it did, kind of turn into a nightmare. But it was a dream
0: come true. Right, right. <laughs> well, I never liked the 49ers either because they beat the brakes off the Saints every year. You, you <laughs> mentioned uh, the hall of the Hall of Fame quarterback that uh, you played with. Was Marino the undoubtedly leader of that team? And 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 uh, when you look back at that Super Bowl run, uh, so many guys. But I mean, was Dan the the outspoken leader that he appeared to be?
4: He was. He, uh, he, you know, he was fiery. He, uh, you know, great quarterback. You know, in my eyes one of the best there ever was. You know, it's it's also sad. You know, he's, he's like Archie Manning. He ain't got a ring though. Um, Archie Manning to me, I, he was my hero growing up. Ole Miss fan at that time. And uh, you know, it's, it's a shame that the, some of the greatest there are never get a chance. And and the team we had in '84. You know, I think Marino and Montana did a uh, Pepsi commercial. I think it was Pepsi. And uh, Montana bought the Pepsi, and Marino said, Well, I'll buy next year. And, you know, really, it's a shame. We should have, we almost made it back. We beat the Bears the next year, and, uh, and we'd beaten New England twice in the season, and, and we didn't beat them when it counted at the AFC Championship. But, you know, it's a shame, as great as Marino was and the leader, that uh, he didn't get a chance again in a ring.
3: Well, Bud Brown, you're certainly one of the greats that ever played uh, for the black and gold, and uh, we were all big fans of yours when you were on the field here, and then when you went on to Miami. Before we let you go, uh, we, we obviously were going to talk to Michael Boley in this show as well, who shared the same deal you did and getting to play in a Super Bowl. We want to get both of your predictions. What does Bud Brown say is going to happen Sunday in the big game? Well,
4: first of all, i no pointing for the founding boys, but to a point, I hope they have a great game. More and, and Mullins, I hope they do awesome. And I am an AFC man, <laughs> yeah, so I gotta I'm lead sure. towards lead towards the Chiefs too. Uh, you know, I don't know. I, I think they're both great teams, obviously, to get where they're at. Uh, you know, sounds like Forty Nine is a little more of the better package, but I know the quarterback and everything going for the Chiefs is awesome. But uh, I'm, I'm gonna say.
3: and the Chiefs don't win. There you go. Well, Bud, listen, man, we appreciate very much you coming on the Eagle Hour. We always enjoy having you on the show, and uh, we look forward to talking to you again really soon.
4: Awesome. I appreciate it. Thank you all, and and have a great day.
3: Uh There you go. The great Bud Brown. When I say that, Kelly Sander, I mean he was a great football player.
1: Oh, and he had the the fro, the blonde hair. I mean, he was he was a dude back would in the day. Knock your teeth out of your mouth.
3: <laughs> All right, Michael Boley was a great one himself. He played for the New York Giants, and he too played in a Super Bowl. We're gonna to talk to Michael Bowley next on the Eagle Hour broadcasting live from Sully's restaurant here in South Hattiesburg.
2: Southern Miss to the, top. to the top. You're tuned in to the Eagle Hour.
3: Welcome back. Eagle Hour broadcasting live this afternoon from Sully's Restaurant here in South Hattiesburg. Had a great lunch. You can do the same thing any day of the week here at Sully's, and a great place to come have dinner in the evenings. We'll be talking to somebody from Sully's here very shortly. I want to thank Bud Brown for joining us in the opening segment of the show, and I want to also thank our friends down at Campus Bookmark for all they do. Great place to go buy you some Southern Miss swag this weekend. You're shopping in town. You can just go to Hardy Street. If you're in other parts of the state, you can go to net. All right, our next player, another great Golden Eagle from the past, the Connerly Award winner. Uh, This young man, Michael Boley, recorded 423 tackles, 28 sacks, nine forced fumbles, three-time first-team all-conference USA at USM. Then he goes to the NFL where he records 695 tackles, nine-and-a-half sacks, eight forced fumbles, nine fumble recoveries, two interceptions, two defensive touchdowns, and of course, he was a Super Bowl champion. We welcome Michael Bowley to the Eagle Hour, and Michael, thanks very much for your time.
5: Oh man, appreciate it, man. Thanks for having me on. It,
3: well, it took it took the first five minutes of the segment just to uh, recite all of your stats. My heavens! Yeah, but I think his
1: biggest accomplishment, Michael, your biggest accomplishment was surviving a year with the Cincinnati Bengals. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, it was. Well, I mean, I'm, not, I'm, I'm not gonna
5: say I'm not gonna say it was a bad year. Um, I mean, but it was definitely. Yeah, you know, well, yeah. I'm not. I'm not gonna say it was my worst year. How about
1: yeah. That? Okay. No. But but you did get to play for Mike Zimmer. He was your defensive coordinator before you know, taking the Vikings head coaching job. And Marvin Lewis. Now, who's at at arizona state but man yeah what a great career and and you, and it all started as a running back right you were recruited to southern miss to go as a running back
5: uh yeah um came to southern miss and then i think uh, the first day of two days like the uh, afternoon practice um linebacker coach told me look we want you to come play linebacker uh and it was like well, well what they told me was if i didn't like it i could go back to the offensive side and uh um, I guess they didn't – I kind of found out later on they were going to keep me over there anyway. So, you know, had to get used to it. They were
3: (laughs) lying to you, in other words. They were lying to you, right, to get you to go play linebacker.
5: Yeah, they told me a lie. You know, it was kind of like, you know what, if you don't like it, you know, it's fine. But, uh, I mean, obviously it worked out pretty (laughs) good, though.
1: Yeah, so, so if you never played linebacker before, what was it about your skill set that they thought you'd be good over there? I still have no idea.
5: <laughs> um, uh, I mean, I, I mean, I was a, uh, I played corner and safety in high school, and just even over the years, I've, you know, I've had a chance to talk to Coach Nix and uh, Coach Pollard, uh, who's my linebacker coach, and ask those guys. I've asked Tyrone plenty of times, like, what was it about me that, you know, just in general, that made you move into linebacker? And, and you know, that they just wanted to try it and. They figured I was a good athlete, so they figured I would. Well, I worked would out pretty good for transition.
3: Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah, it worked out pretty good. Look, I got to ask you this question, and we'll get Luke involved. I grew up a, a a big fan of the NFC East. Grew up in Northern Virginia, and I know you played for the Giants. Had some glory years with the Giants in a time when the NFC East was a pretty good conference, with uh, you know, with uh, the Eagles and the Redskins and and the Cowboys. Was there ever an easy day playing in the NFC East or was it as rugged as it used to be as it used to the image used to be, I guess, is what I'm trying to ask.
5: Oh, it's it is very rugged. You know, it's that's that's one of those divisions that it, it doesn't really matter what what everyone's overall record is. It's gonna be a battle come Sunday when when any of those teams match up against each other. Yeah,
3: and I think that's probably still true to, to a certain degree. But that's the case, isn't that the case, Michael? Throughout the league, if you play in, if you play a team within your own division, it's just a little more intense, is it not?
5: Oh yeah, um, it's kind, of, it's kind. Of, you know, I mean, it reminded me when I got there. It kind of reminded me of how it was in Conference USA. How you know we had those certain teams like UAB, Tulane, Louisville that we just didn't like. And so, regardless of what our record was at the time, it was going to be a battle.
6: Right,
0: right. Boy, Luke Johnson, man, good to uh, good to talk to you, brother. How you been? Good, man. How you been? been good dude um, I know you probably still hold it down out there in the desert but i want to ask you specifically you got converted over the linebacker position and you mentioned a guy uh latrell pollard and man just i think maybe other than the, the nasty bunch in the mid 80s with you and rod davis and antoine cash uh it's probably the best linebacker core that southern miss had uh it ranks up there with kenny and some of those other guys um what was it about Mar- Latrell Pollard that made all three of you better linebackers during your time at Southern Miss? Uh,
5: for me, it was just his approach and just the, by the way he was with us. You know, um, I mean, I was a freshman in 2000. Latrell just graduated from Southern Miss in 97. So he was still young and, you know, was able to relate to us. And, you know, so it, it kind of, you know, it wasn't <sighs> – I guess you can kind of say he was kind of like right there with us, you know, just by the way he taught us and the way he approached um, the way he gave us information. And so it was, you know, it was a big help to, you know, be able to put us in position to make plays.
0: Both of you guys, Bob and Kelly, should should be noted that uh, I had uh, on my punt team. I had nine NFL guys in front of me, and Michael Bowley was uh, one, of, one of those guys. So I'm I'm standing here today unscathed because of Michael Bowley. Was
3: Michael on the team the year you won the MVP at the this...
0: He was Michael Bowley. They're still making fun of me when when Rod got defensive MVP at the Liberty Bowl, and they gave me offensive MVP. I know it's probably an <laughs> insult to everybody on that side of the ball. You remember that?
5: I remember. I mean, it's, I mean, I guess it's not really a. It's not really an insult, you know. I mean, they
1: gave it to the best player, you know. Yeah, yeah. and Michael he carries it around with him wherever he goes. It's just amazing. <laughs> Fake news, hey Michael, I, Michael. I want to ask you because a lot of us here in Mississippi, we're just regular ham and egg kind of guys, and and don't could never imagine the type of money that you guys play for, which you're you're all worth. But my question is, is when when you do come from you know the state of Mississippi and you're not used to having that kind of money, when when your agent and people come to you and say, like you signed a $25 million deal, how do you even begin to wrap your mind and can put it into words where us regular guys can understand it? How do you wrap your mind around that kind of money? Even though the government's going to get a good check and ch- chunk of it, but...
5: Um, you know, I, I don't think I don't think it really hits guys until you actually get your first check. I mean you sign it but you know, it's still a little while before you get your check. So in your mind you're like, Okay, I signed this deal, like you're excited. Yes, I signed this deal, you know, I can, you know, help take care of my family and that kind of stuff. But then when you actually get the first check in your hand and it's like, Wow, like, you know, I, I'm actually earning <laughs> yeah. this money, you know? <laughs> and your hand so, is shaking uh, as you take it to the bank, right? Yeah, it, it, it's definitely one of the things. Like you, know, you just, you know, it, it's kind of a surreal moment. Like wow, like you know, I've I've worked my entire career not only to make it to the NFL, but to be able to get comp- compensated for it. So it's you know, it's definitely one of those things that you know, it's it's it's, it's really a, a wow moment. <clears throat>
3: All right, Michael. Now, we want to get your Super Bowl prediction before we go, but I think the question of the day is this, and uh, I hope you'll think this over and give us a, a solid answer. What was it like to go from the New York football giants to the Cincinnati Bengals?
0: You should, and you should tell him why we're ribbing the Bengals, though. This, okay? uh,
3: Kelly here is a big Bengals fan, Michael. So if you can't explain to him, what that transition was like.
1: But you also need to tell them I'm in therapy for it, too. So, <laughs> Well, I mean, I, for me, I mean,
5: it was different, you know, going from – I mean, obviously playing in two big cities, you know, early in my career, playing in Atlanta, I think, going to New York. And then going to Cincinnati was kind of like – for me, it kind of reminded me back of being back in Hattiesburg because it was slower and it's, you know – Cincinnati is really a small town. I'm not going to say it's a small town, but that's, you know, that's all that's there. You know, I mean, they, I mean, yeah, the Reds were there, but, I mean, obviously, it wasn't baseball season. <laughs> So, um
1: right. but, And the, I mean, and the me, fact that I you mean, won with the Giants. and
5: yeah. yeah. I mean, but for me, it was kind of like, you know, I'm, I'm still a slower, I, I love the, the slow the paced life. And so, you know, actually being there, I actually enjoyed it because it was, it was like I said, it was, a, it was a lot slower pace than than what I had been in for the, you know, for previous years. So I mean, for me, it, for me, it wasn't that bad. But I mean, talking to guys who've been there for you know a good number of years in their career, or you know, more than a year, you know, they're not used to it. You know, there's guys on the team who are from Cali, so being in Cincinnati was a huge adjustment. <laughs>
3: Right. All right, Michael, we've got less than a minute left. We want to get your prediction for the big game uh, Sunday afternoon between the Chiefs and the 49ers.
5: Ah, prediction, oh, my God. It's, uh, it's a tough one. Uh, they say defense wins championships, so uh, I'm kind of leaning toward the 49ers, but, hey, you never know. Uh, we have. It's been a while since we've seen a high-powered offense like the Chiefs. So it's uh, tough to call, but
1: uh, I have to go to defense go to the 49ers. There we go. Yeah, and he played for two NFC teams. Right. And and Cincinnati go. shouldn't have been in either division. Well, since. Michael, uh, great well, conversation.
5: Mind you you I, great, mind great you, I grew up a 49ers fan, so that's kind of also why I'm doing anyway. There you go.
3: <laughs> right, right. Hey, great conversation, man. You're a great, great player, and we really appreciate you taking the time to come on our show. Hopefully, we can talk to you again soon.
5: All right, man. Appreciate you guys having me on. Thanks, no, Bowley.
3: The great Michael Boley. Eagle Hour continues live from Sully's South Hattiesburg, and we'll be right back.
2: Hour, Southern
0: Miss to the top. Late hey Todd Ilsey. Joining us, Michael Morgan's producing back in the First Bank Studios in Hattiesburg. Happy to be here today, Kelly Center. I had a hamburger steak. I should say hamburger steaks because when you get uh, the hamburger steak uh, off the lunch menu. It's a tremendous value, and it was absolutely delicious. Squashing onions as my side, sweet potato fries, you get two sides with it.
1: It was phenomenal. I always have the squash. So you can eat light, you know, if you want to. They've got a variety of, uh, of salads and, and, and things like that. Or if you want to go full bore, the best burger in town. Of course, steaks kind of put some these on the map way back when. But um, talking with Lance Nettles now, the manager at this particular location of Sully's, they've got two on the map right now, soon to be a third. Lance, as we welcome you, thanks again for having us out. It's, the My Eagles, go, the Eagles go on road trips. <laughs> Absolutely, <laughs> so, yeah. It's only appropriate that we go out on the road every once in a while. And uh, <laughs> if if the Eagles get fed this well on the road, <laughs> they can probably say they don't play any, any home games. But tell us, give us an update now. We kind of broke it. Uh, A couple of remotes ago that we were here that it was kind of official that that Sully's was breaking ground on a location on the Mississippi Gulf Coast in Gulfport. What can you tell us at this point, Lance Nettles, as to where that is?
6: At this point, what I can say right now is uh, it will be a March, late March, maybe early April. Uh, A lot of things have to come together, but we've got the best people working on it. And uh, we look forward to being a part of uh, a part of uh, the the coast, South Mississippi.
1: Now I know with with com- the computer age and internet, which I still think is a fad by the way, I don't think it'll be around in a couple of years. But Hattiesburg and Pedal I get or this location and the pedal location I get being able to manage logistically, what's problematic, if anything, about being in Gulfport when the other two are up here?
6: I would say uh, I would say with the way we do things in our development teams, uh, we're not going to run into a whole lot of problems. Uh, Sully's the original has been here since uh, 2012. We opened Pedal uh, right out a couple of years ago. We kind of know what to expect. You know, getting permits and uh, licenses and. Uh, such so uh, we have a great team that takes care of all that, and uh, we're really, really looking forward to being part of the Gulf Coast. We're we're very stoked about it. Very excited. I, I
1: want to talk a little bit about uh, catering, if we can, uh, Lance. If I was a, a a catering candidate, all right, and I came in and I said, "I want Sully's." By the way, they're closed on Sundays, so don't don't even think about Super Bowl stuff because they're 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 going their employees will be watching themselves as they're closed on Sunday. But if I was a candidate for catering. How does the process work? I come to you and say, Lance, I I
6: want to have an affair. Cater, take us through the process. Uh, you would call our number, and uh, it'll prompt you to speak to a manager or to speak to the catering manager. At that point, it's taken by a manager, and uh, we ask you what you want, what you budgeted, uh, you know, where it's going to, and we do the rest. You just tell us what you need, and uh, we got it from there. So,
1: But, I mean, if depending on the budget, obviously, you can, you can go high. My, go my low. budget is much lower than Kelly's budget. Or somewhere in the middle, but, I mean, based on that budget, you probably give them some options and check yes check no or how does that
6: absolutely uh, everything is uh priced a little bit differently anything from the beef tips catering we have a, a amazing pasta dishes that we cater um we have a ribeye po' boy just kind of yes. depends your purpose yes. <laughs> yes. all of the above just kind of depends on what your preference is and uh we we get it from there we uh we're very proud of our catering team. It's come a long way, and uh, it's been developed. Uh, and we pull up to your location in our uh, Sully's Catering Van. And are there any groups too, too small or too big? Uh, I've went as far as uh, 30 or so miles for six people. We've been to, uh, as far as Waynesboro, uh, you know, uh, we we very seldom say no. So so it could be a group of three. It could be generally generally not uh, generally not three. Then that would kind of go in more like as a delivery than the catering. Uh, we prefer uh, we prefer the larger groups, of course, but. Uh, We'll uh, we'll cater to six seven people.
1: Yeah, and financially, it probably wouldn't make sense to cater for three people anyway. We,
0: where we're set up is uh, where you have a lot of live music sometimes. Um, Absolutely, in, tell us about the the music because one of the things that people love about Sully's this is it's just a just kind of a neighborhood atmosphere when you roll up in here and it. I mean, it's the music's real chill.
6: Yeah,
0: it yeah. is. Tell us about the the music aspect of Soul. It is.
6: It is like you said. It's real chill. It's nothing that's gonna uh, blow you out of here. Um, we have music at both stores uh, every every day that we're open, Monday through Saturday. And pedal the music starts at six o'clock and it goes till nine. Whereas in Hattiesburg, it starts a little bit later. It starts at seven and, and it goes to ten.
1: Oh yeah, those night owls in Hattiesburg. Really. <laughs> <laughs> stay, stay up until well, Kelly, ten. Kelly will come out of retirement. Um,
0: he has a harp and he will set up and, and play some delightful harp. Background
1: music. I often anytime. get music to request to sing. Usually when they want people to leave, you know, when it's, <laughs> it's late at night and they want people to head to their cars. Can't,
0: can't talk enough uh, about your steaks here and uh, how how good they are, how well they're they're seasoned. I mean, I got a hamburger, I got a hamburger steak for lunch, and just the the even even that man just phenomenal how it's seasoned. Don't tell me the secrets, but at <laughs> the same time, it is it is a remarkable. Remarkable piece of meat that you get on your plate every time it sows?
6: Well, we get the uh, we get the best, um, and uh, for for both stores, Pedal and Hattiesburg, this is the, the exact same food uh, and Pedal that you'll find here, and vice versa. Um, we have two different types of steaks. We have the uh, CAB, the Certified Angus Beef, and we have the Prime. The Prime is a little bit more. Um, but it's your, uh, it's your higher, best, better cut of meat, and it is juicy. It is nice. It is nice. But one thing I want to shout out to uh, the guys in the kitchen that prepare it. Uh, you can have great food, but if you don't have uh, the correct people on your team, uh, it's not good. There's
1: two, two things that we constantly hear about. Number one, there's, there's no such thing as a microwave in the kitchen at Sully's. That's true in, in either location, and yes, soon sir. in Gulfport there won't be one either. But you guys talk, this This common thread is it's our people, Sully's people, that makes the experience, the overall experience that it is for the general public coming in. Absolutely. So what? So what is it? What sort of character traits do you look for when you've got people that uh, would potentially be employees here?
6: Well, we look at uh, we look at experience. Uh, we look at uh, you know several types of things. How a person uh, you know conducts himself during the interview. Uh, we look at experience. There's there's several things that we look for. Uh, looking for a new employee, um, we we screen people. Uh, Very, very tough. (laughs) We try to get the best.
0: Talking to Lance Nettles, who's the manager here at Sully's. Um, one of the things that was really cool talking about this Gulfport, and I think everybody on the Gulf Coast should be really excited about it. We have a lot of Eagle Hour listeners, um, so just you know, Coast Crew, be on the, the lookout for that. But we were talking in, in December about how some of the guys that cook in Hattiesburg and Pedal they were going down there to train, so basically to, to train the next group of people, so that wherever you go for Sully's, it's the exact same. I mean, that's just that's pretty remarkable
6: yes it's consistency if you uh if you have a steak in Hattiesburg and drive to uh Pedal the next day and then drive to Gulfport we want the same consistency across the board we don't uh we don't cut corners with our steaks we don't cut corners with our menu by any means uh, we just want it consistently good every time and that's uh that's where training teams come in and uh that's kind of where the way that works with us. When you guys decide to add something to the menu or take something
1: off of the menu, Lance, how often does that happen? And if you add something to the menu, what makes you pull the trigger on making that change?
6: Sir, it's very seldom we change up our menu. I've been here uh, a little over a year, and uh, it's it, it has not changed. Uh, Don't do it. So not, yeah, well, if it's not
1: broken, don't fix it, I guess, right?
6: But the menu uh, in the past has changed a few times, a couple of times, uh, to, my, to my knowledge. And uh, it was just uh, what the people were, were asking for. That,
0: and that's the thing about it. I mean, there's a lot of people, they go to a, a, an establishment because they want that. You know, they've tried it. I was I was looking at the menu today, and I was like, yeah, I got a grilled chicken salad back in December when we were here. And, and then I was just like... No oh, man, a hamburger steak, and it and it was and every time I get it, it's 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 on the money. I mean, and that's that's why you come back. That's why you come somewhere.
1: Well, one of the things too that, that I hear people say is is if you do have people that are eating lighter, you know, you've got a lot of uh, lighter menu items that you can eat. But if you want something that's going to march straight to the heart in a good way, you know, a good a good hearty steak, you know, you can also get that. It's really in about thirty seconds here, so Lance, the, the steaks really kind of put you on the map initially, along with the service. Yes, is that the way you yes, guys feel sir, too?
6: Yes, sir. Uh, we just served, uh, at one point, uh, hamburgers and a few other little things. Had a couple of one or two pool tables in here and uh, decided to experiment with steak night. And uh, when that happened, uh, everything kind of changed.
1: <laughs> <laughs> For a much a much better thing for sure. Lance Nettles, thank you so much for having us out. We always enjoy being here at Sully's. Guys,
6: thanks for having me. It's always a pleasure.
1: We're at the South Hattiesburg exit right off of uh, Interstate 59. Uh, Sully's has a location in Pendle and soon, soon, Luke Johnson, the Gulf, Mississippi Gulf Coast. Coast.
0: When we go cover the Conference USA Baseball Tournament, it just,
1: will be Sully's. I was just going to say that. That's a perfect location for Southern Miss fans to put on their uh, things of uh, list of places to go when that opens in Gulfport Bob Getty will rejoin us the Eagle Hour will continue this Friday edition in just a moment
2: the eagle hour the eagle hour southern miss to the top
3: and welcome back to Sully's here in South Hattiesburg that's where we're broadcasting the eagle hour this afternoon appreciate the lunch that they provided us with down here it's always a great crowd at lunch and that's because the food's always good so we want to thank Sully's again for having us down this afternoon also want to say hello to our good buddies at Hattiesburg Toyota a uh, great place to buy cars. Huge selection, quality, quality vehicles. A uh, great service after the sale. And Kelly, what is that phone number at Hattiesburg Toyota?
1: Well, it hasn't changed since yesterday when it was six zero one five four four nine six three zero. That's five four four nine six three zero. You know, your automobile is the second biggest investment you'll make besides your house. Right. So you better make a good decision. And Toyota—that's well, a good decision. Toyota's, a, Toyota's a, always a good decision.
3: All right, we got a really special guest joining us here in the last segment—a great young man, John Carter Sander. The son of Kelly Santer, and I, I mean
2: to introduce you that way, John. Carter, please, but, yeah, please don't hold it against
3: me. Okay, uh, great baseball player at Oak Grove at Northwestern State in Louisiana at William Carey University. Man, we're glad to have
2: you here with us this afternoon. It's a pleasure to talk shop with you guys as always. Now he, he's headed to the big game this weekend. Yeah, bro.
3: you're going to the big game, aren't you?
2: That's right. Going to going to make a 12-hour drive tonight with a couple of friends uh, going down to Miami and going to hang out with some. Uh, some more highfalutin people than we're than we're used to. So there
3: we go. That's got to be, be exciting, a good time. huh? Oh, it's be, be a good time. exciting.
2: It's not an official Super Bowl, though, as my dad would say. Since right, right. Since the Bengals aren't in it, but there hasn't been too many, so
3: <laughs> probably won't be any. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> no. We're,
2: we're used to it by now. So it's yeah. just another year. Unofficial Super Bowls. Yeah. yeah. No young women at this party, I'm presuming. No. Alcoholic no, no, beverages, anything like that. No celebrities. Uh, okay. No women. No, there
1: won't be a few young ladies there. There. Right. <laughs> Be uh, several I mean, hundred. I've never been to Miami, so I'm, I'm excited. Should uh, be
2: great. This should be a little bit, a little bit different. So,
1: so this is the first season that William Carey begins the season tomorrow. The Golden Eagles open in a couple weeks on the baseball diamond. How are you? Yep, you, have, you haven't had a baseball, you haven't picked up a baseball glove in about six months now, man. You're making the adjustment. I know this is the time of year you're about ready to go. Yeah, it's. Uh, I mean, it's definitely different because you have your your normal routine uh but I
2: I don't think I honestly don't think I've even picked up a baseball since since last year uh but um yeah it's playing at William Carey last year you know that early they start about three four weeks earlier than everyone else so nothing like 35 degrees in baseball you know so (laughs) but um yeah I definitely miss it but um you know there's I've accepted the fact that uh that life moves on and and, um taking it as uh, optimistic as I can Don Carter,
3: what would you tell kids uh, that uh, there's so many little boys you see them playing every day at Oak Grove Park and other places, they all dream to do what you were able to do. What advice would you give those kids?
2: Well, I think, you know, the the standard that a lot of people will say is, is just work really hard, and, and I, I think that's a given, obviously. But um, looking back on it now, I, I think um, doing the, the, the work that you put in, do it, uh, have some intent behind it when you're throwing a bullpen don't just throw pitches to throw pitches i mean really really work on on your craft and when you're hitting in the cage you know don't just take swings to take swings you know try and put um different things that you, maybe you're struggling on and, and and work on those and not just take swings because i see a lot of guys a lot of time guys will just throw to throw and i just learned with with all the years that I play that there's just so much more depth that goes into what you do. And, and, and so I would say the kind of a cerebral approach of, of the work that you put in would be putting thought behind it. Yeah. Yeah. Not just doing things to do it.
3: Compare these two things. The first, the first time you started in a college baseball game and you're telling yourself, I've, I've made it, you know, I'm here in division one college and I'm, I'm about to pitch my first game and playing on a state championship high school baseball team is it can you say one was a highlight more than the other
2: oh uh, that would that's tough to say you know oak grove i mean the standard at oak grove is just just so so high and the crowds we played in front of i think really prepared me for college because we did play in front of a lot of big crowds and um you know i i would say probably anytime you know you make a, a division one college start it's it's special and I was definitely really nervous uh, before, it was against the University of Cincinnati, ironically and uh, I remember that was the closest I've ever been to throwing up before a game (laughs) due to nerves, so um, I would say I was more nervous just because it was a new chapter in my life and I wanted to start off on a on a strong note, but um, Oak Grove definitely definitely prepared me for that.
1: Well, you said ironically he threw up before pitching against Cincinnati. <laughs> I knew it was coming. I knew he's it. a Cincinnati Bengal fan. He usually throws up after the games. You
3: right. know? <laughs> and John Carter, we're kind of short on time. we got to get Luke back over here for the picks. But, look, people ask me all the time about your father. I've known him, unfortunately, a long time. But I guess it would be no – <laughs> Everyone would wonder what has it been like to live with this man for 24 years.
2: It has a um, pure hell. It's well, been a, a <laughs> an epic saga that's still being written, uh, but it's been a blast. Uh, can't can't ask for a better father. So, um, as much as he likes to crack jokes, he's he's a soft softy at heart. So, All right,
1: John Carter, thank you, buddy. And George understand he said that because man. I'm paying his bill at no, Sully's. He's a great young man.
3: And I know he ordered a steak. When he's on. <laughs> yeah, of course. All right, Luke, we got a minute left. Super Bowl. Uh, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. The got big ten game. ten seconds left. The big oh. game. Cincinnati. 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 No. I'm
0: sorry, Kelly. I was fantasizing again. Uh,
3: San Francisco, Kansas City.
0: Head says 49ers. Heart says the Chiefs. I'm going to go with the Chiefs. Me I'm too.
3: Strictly with the Chiefs. Michael Murgans. 49 San Francisco or... so
0: He wants the 49ers. He's
3: got the four. And, three Chiefs, one 49 If
0: the 49ers win, Nick and Tavares are world yeah. champions, that's cool with me. Yeah. Right.
3: Thanks to uh, our great guest today, and thanks for John Carter. He's a great kid, Kelly. Thank you. you did a great job with that young man. All right. Thanks for Sully. Uh, Sully's for having us down here. hope everybody has a great weekend. We'll be back in the studio Monday. And until then, Southern Miss. To the
5: top. To the top.